From the rise of mobile to the magic of having your files sat in the cloud, available to you anytime, anywhere, the way we work has completely changed. So, isn't it about time our workplaces change too? Cutting-edge SMEs are already making it easier for their teams to work together. They're even questioning whether their people need to come into the office at all. And the result? A happier, empowered workforce turbocharging their business productivity. So, in this episode we ask, how do we reinvent the workplace? I'm Kate Russell, and this is In Good Company, a show full of SME chat with a slice of tech, brought to you by BT. We spend a third of our lives at work, but how we work increasingly feels out of touch with the way we spend the rest of our days. In an age where food, entertainment, even romance are only a tap or swipe away, physically having to travel to a building to get a job done feels antiquated. Nearly half of all UK SMEs, which make up 90% of British businesses, say new technology would make them more productive, but three out of four said they have no plans to invest in up-to-date infrastructure. In this episode, we're joined by two SMEs who have embraced tech and transformed the way their businesses work. John Milliken, CEO of Speechmatics, and Tim Williams, co-founder of YR. Welcome to the show, both of you. And also filling the experts chair, we have the wonderful Andy Lake, director of flexibility.co.uk, and he advises businesses and governments on smarter working. Hello, Andy. Welcome to you. Hello. So we'll be getting onto the subject of workplace culture in a bit. But first, I want to talk about the physicality. From beanbag chairs to ping pong tables, tech startups are known for taking a relaxed attitude to their workplaces. As a company spearheading speech recognition technology, uh, John, does the layout of Speechmatics Cambridge office kind of fit this stereotype? Um, I think there are a lot of fallacy around um, startups getting uh, money rained upon them um, and being able to, to, to invest from day one in, in whizzy spaces. Um, we started in an attic, uh, moved to a shed, uh, and now we're in a, a larger office space. But um, the way that we've grown has really been forced through necessity. Um, we've got lots of very talented people. Um, we do deep tech with machine learning. Um, we've got 11 Cambridge PhDs and uh, many other graduates working in the organisation. Um, but we're forced to look outside uh, to find bright minds as well. So uh, building uh, parts of our business in other parts of the world. Um, Collaboration is a key part of what we do. Uh, and so we think very, very hard about how our employees work together, the types of different skills that we have and what they need to do. Uh, and that really forces the way in which we design uh, our workspace. But that's more of an evolution than it is a, a revolutionary thing. Um, so we, we use lots of remote working. Um, we uh, have areas where people can collaborate. Sometimes it's not tech involved. We have lots of whiteboards. Our office tends to look a little bit like a beautiful mind sometimes. Um, people work it in an agile way, uh, which means lots of um, uh, board Kanban boards and those types of things, um, as well as uh, problem solving. And there's still very few better ways than writing on a wall or writing on a whiteboard uh, to try and break down some of these complicated problems. I think you need to clarify for our audience what it is that you guys do, because it's uh, it's sounding really intriguing with you know sort of beautiful minds whiteboards and maths equations everywhere. Sure. So um, we do what they call automated speech recognition. So at its most simple level, we take an audio file and turn it into text. 
Um, that has some very literal applications like captioning uh, TV programs and things like that. Um, it allows us to look at the content of things like podcasts. So instead of uh, being able to find out what's in a podcast just because of what somebody said the title was, we can actually analyze the content and, and see that uh, John was in this podcast or what he said uh, and look at those sorts of things. It also has application in things like call centers and anywhere else where there's large quantities of voice. You can't analyze what's being said unless you turn it into text. Mm. And so that's really the basis of our business. Um, well, John, let's talk about the features that you brought into your office. How many of them uh, sort of are by design or did they just kind of evolve out of necessity? So um, I find with, with our workforce, and um, particularly with the millennials, they have a very, very long working day, but they like to dip in and out. So they want to do stuff during the day. So, for example, we have showers so that either people can cycle in, but more often than not, they want to go rowing or they want to go running during the day and then come back to work. Um, similarly, we've had to invest in more collaboration tools so that people can dip in and out of documents you know, throughout the working day. So you know, I might sit here and say, well, I want everybody working really, really hard and have a really long working day. They just do stuff in a different way. They're, they're doing stuff at midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Um, but they've had a you know, more balanced working day, if you like, as a result of that. They can fit their life around work rather than the other way around. So... Um, we do a lot of um, collaboration stuff. We invest heavily in things like video conferencing and those types of things as well um, because we've got a remote workforce. So we have people in Czech, the Czech Republic, we have people in the United States, we have people in other parts of continental Europe. Um, and because we want to reinforce this collaboration all the time, we've got to provide people with the tools to do that. Um, there's something called Captiva that we use, which is fantastic, which allows you to uh, put whiteboard content in the cloud and have that uh, as a collaboration tool, which again is an you know, absolutely fantastic piece of technology not well known, but makes a massive difference to the way in which we work. I can imagine people sitting at home listening to this, though, um, you know, thinking, goodness me, how on earth do you keep control of people when you, you, know, you can't see them and they're all doing these odd hours and how do you know they're working? I think the, the days of, of managers standing over people's desks with a big stick, um, beating them are, are perhaps long gone, um, particularly in the, you know, the industry where, where, where I work. Um, you make sure that you are um, clear about sense of purpose uh, and direction. Um, you're careful about the people that you bring in to ensure that there's a good cultural fit. Um, and then you let, let them get on with it. You give them that guidance and direction as they move forwards. Um, but you let them get on with it. You measure by output. Um, you make sure they've got clear objectives and you, you appraise them on a regular basis and gain their feedback. Um, are they happy? Are they feeling challenged? Are you developing them? Um, but I think the days of Big Stick are, are long gone. Mm, and I guess at the end of the day, as long as they're getting their role completed in, a, in, in an effective way, then it shouldn't really matter, should it? Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Your company also offers a lot of benefits, though, don't they? Can you talk us through that and, and what that... I mean, I've heard even regular massages on site. Is that true? That is true. When can um, I come and work for you? Bike doctors, <laughs> fresh fruit, um, any, any and all of those things. So wow. um, it's, a, I guess, a necessary part um, of modern office working environment. People expect that stuff. Um, we're in a very competitive uh, environment in Cambridge. Um, all of the big tech firms are there, Google, you know, Apple, uh, you know, Microsoft, you name it. Um, and so we have to work very, very hard to attract and retain. Um, I think those things, again, are more um, baubles rather than necessarily the absolute reason why people would join. Mm. Um, benefits for us starts with, are we really clear about how much you're going to get paid? Are we clear about what your pension is? Are we clear about how you're going to earn a bonus and share options? That's the, the sort of meat and drink, if you like, of that benefits package. And it's not all playtime, is it? Um, you have 
lots of different people, lots of different expectations. How do you make life easier for them in your office? So it's really important that when people come in, they use tech and tools that they're most comfortable with. So we give people a choice of laptop. Um, also, if people have got specialist roles, then when they come in, they may be used to using a software application from another job, in which case we can bring that into that working environment as well. Of course, there are things that everybody's got to use generically. We need to use the same email platform. We've got the same intranet. Um, but where we can be flexible, we, we, we try to be as much as possible. As we all increasingly work in the cloud, Tim, many modern businesses are letting their people work from home, at least some of the time. And in fact, up to half of UK are expected to work remotely by 2020. How many remote workers do you have at YR? Well, we are essentially a software business that helps retailers and brands bring customization and on-demand production to life. So that means kind of anything in the... Um, uh, arena of creating custom products from the customer designing something through to it being manufactured and delivered to the customer. And and our software platform underpins that and, and can help in various ways. So essentially being a software business, there are um, you know, people who, as as John was saying, can work in an agile fashion in groups who have to communicate all the time. Um, but it doesn't mean to say they have to be in the same place. And I think that's quite key is that, you know, we do have groups around the world and we, we have offices around the world to service our customers. So keeping them talking to each other in an effective way, in the most modern way, it makes sense for us. And when we talk about sort of workers coming into a physical workspace, can the same be said for virtual workers? Or you know, have you noticed as your team has grown that you're the complex complexity of, of, of managing them has escalated as much as it perhaps would have done if a physical office space? Um, no, I d the answer is no. I don't think it is as complicated. That's the short answer. Um, I think it's a lot easier to kind of um, create the facilities required because obviously a lot of the time, if they're working at home, then uh, they've already got their own facilities management in place and you know that obviously cuts down the the kind of overhead from a you know facilities point of view from the business but um i do think you know it just changes the management um infrastructure as opposed to makes it harder um i think it's a balance for us is that we do have to be we have to have a presence I and mean, it does work better sometimes when groups are together you know that's something which you know it, despite all of our remote working and kind of amazing ways of communicating, there is something magical about teams working together face to face um, that, you know, we can't necessarily replicate. And of course, one of the key benefits, Tim, for being in, together in a physical space is being able to talk through ideas. Um, do, you, um, do you think working in isolation puts people at a disadvantage when it comes to sort of sharing and discussing ideas? I don't think it does when it's talking about specific ideas or, you know, kind of coming up with new concepts or trying to innovate uh, for a certain project, for example. I think that being remote is quite specific, you know, as in that you have a specific remit, then you can contribute and you can be just as creative as anyone else. In fact, probably more creative. I find I tend to be more useful in creativity sense when I'm away from the office and traveling and got a little bit of space to think about things. Um, but I think what you would miss, and this is what the sort of magic, I guess, is that you can't uh, help, you can't recreate the sort of human interplay that you get in an office environment and just little things that come up. I think, you know, that come up in a day to day. 
you that would definitely benefit you and and no doubt the the workplace from uh, you, you as a person in the workplace from being kind of in and around other people who you work with. And John was talking about the importance of his team feeling like stakeholders in Speechmatics. Do you make your remote team feel the sort of part of the team in the same way? What sort of mechanisms do you use? Um, I think in the simplest way is um, in the sort of like least tech way. Uh, even though it's tech, is we use a WhatsApp group. And uh, the YR Global Chat is uh, something that people love contributing to and kind of, you know, we encourage people, no matter how kind of trivial or not trivial, to sort of, uh, it's a good place, a good forum to share ideas and talk about work that they're doing for, you know, specific clients or completely unrelated at all. And it's a good place to sort of have that chat that you might have in an office. Um, So I think that, you know, you you can kind of make people feel part of the group in lots of different ways. Um, I think in the more formal ways, it comes back down to those meetings. It's sort of like getting groups together and kind of really making sure that everyone is aligned on the culture, the values, and it's working because we all have a shared vision that seems to be being communicated outside of the organisation as well. Absolutely. You um, encourage people actually not so much to work from home, but to use co-working spaces, don't you? Can you talk to us about what they are and, and why you make that suggestion? Yes. So I think it comes down to, well, some of this is my own experience as well. I can safely say that uh, working at home can sometimes be non-conducive to work. Um, as in, you know, there's there are distractions at home and there are obviously potentially not great working environments. You know, if people don't have the space dedicated to working, then it can be a little bit tricky and if they've got loads of other things going on at home. So I think we're just um, aware of that and also we allow people to be a bit more flexible and actually this approach came about because of the sort of nature of co-working was you know that we could set up these virtual um, spaces and have presence in a place very quickly so you know by attracting somebody getting them to work for um, coming to work for YR then they could actually instantly set up in a co-working space in that city and, and join the team And also you've got the benefit of them having a dedicated workspace or somewhere away from the home, which isn't an office, but it's kind of like, you know, it's very well serviced. So you've got amazing internet access, you've got coffee, you've got water, you've got fruit, you know. So all those things that you get in the workplace, you can obviously then have on tap by using a a co-working space as well. Well, what about individual shop owners who you know they want to compete you know say an electronic shop they haven't got the budget to go the whole apple store what advice would you give people to sort of you know what what would be the the small things that they can do to tech up their retail space and make it more productive and attractive i mean i think ultimately they've got to play to their strengths and you know people like apple i guess and plenty of other retailers on the high street are actually kind of trying to embrace their people and the service they're giving in the store so number one you know going back to the the sort of practical um advice i would say for for a small business owner would be kind of don't forget about the biggest asset which is obviously the people in that small business and how they could play a bigger role potentially talking to customers engaging customers at that electronic store you know can people talk to to their customers around fixing their items all that kind of stuff and then really just use technology to enable that a bit more so you know kind of like booking appointments and you know the the simple things which enable those real conversations to take place i think are 
really important. And that's where SMEs probably do have advantages over much bigger retailers, where they have, you know, much more engaged conversations and engaged workforce, because it's naturally a smaller business. And uh, they could be more agile in yeah, the non-software exactly. development sense of the word. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Andy, um, this, it is the small touches, isn't it? For me, I mean, the only shop that I actually like to go clothes shopping in, I won't say the brand, but they uh, um, they have um, dressing gowns that you can put on in the changing rooms if you want to go out and get a different size. And they bring you a glass of wine as well sometimes. Yeah, I think what you're talking about there is, is the experience, isn't it? I mean, shopping mm. has become more of an experience for people coming in so that they want to go there rather than just get something off the shelf. And then it's how you integrate that experience with further offers and things online and you follow up and try and get that customer loyalty. And you've helped major companies and governments all around the world rethink how they can work more effectively. Do you think those lessons are just as relevant to small and medium-sized businesses? Yes, I I think that uh, uh, for large organisations, I mean, I've worked a lot with uh, government here, with uh, the Cabinet Office, central government departments, local authorities, and I think that for smaller businesses, they haven't got the advantage of getting some big capital receipt out of, uh, out of you know, disposing of property. So it is how, how you can think about property that you can afford if, if you need it at all, and having a variable cost using co-working centres, having people work in, you know, from home or other spaces, and uh, then thinking about as you grow, do you need to shovel in more desks or whatever? Or can you have what you call spaceless growth? And I think there's a lot of examples of organisations doing that. Let's talk about workplace culture mm. uh, and the importance of it. Uh, some SMEs might dismiss this as, you know, sort of soft and mm. optional. Um, in simple terms, can you explain what it really means and why it matters? Workplace culture. Well, we could have very deep conversations about this. <laughs> yeah. that and but uh, basically, it's how things are done in organisations, both formally and informally, uh, sort of expectations and assumptions. It's about leadership styles and about uh, whether it's a command and control culture or an empowering culture. Are people trusted? Have got a culture of innovation? And you usually get a, a whole lot of conventions and rules and rituals and stories all around this, which consolidate it over time. And it can be quite quite difficult to shift if something gets very entrenched. How about your workplace culture? I mean, you, you've already, Tim, said that you, uh, you know, an important part of your sort of talent management is making sure that they understand the principles and the, you know, the goals of the company. Is that workplace culture to you? Uh, there's part of it, yeah, I definitely think so. And I think um, it, it's kind of a, a mix of different things, isn't it? And, and it does definitely build up over time and kind of, you know, it's you can't necessarily define it, the, what the culture is in its entirety, but you can definitely have pointers like a culture of innovation, for example. And, and I think people do look for those things when they're, they're looking for, you know, a, a new role and, and kind of looking to move to, to a different business. Then, you know, as an employee, I think those things are important to, to kind of like, you know, am I moving to an organisation which kind of embodies the change and changing over time and kind of, you know, that change is part of the culture as well, because I think that's important yeah. now. No, definitely. In fact, it's probably never been more important, right, John? No, absolutely. And I think you know another thing we haven't really touched on so much is how important culture is in the way people are recruited. Mm. So one of the best ways that you can drive forward, develop, manage the culture of the organisation is being really clear on the way in whether the people that you're talking to are going to be a good fit and whether they're going to help you develop that culture or whether they're going to bounce off it uh, and not fit in quite so well. 
Um, I think I read some statistics recently. I think um, 46% of people fail to um, uh, perform adequately in the first 18 months and actually leave the organisation. The major part of the reason why they, they didn't work out um, organisationally was about culture and the fact that it just wasn't a fit there. So for people sitting at home listening or sitting in the office listening, um, thinking, goodness me, I don't have a workplace culture. Or, I, or you know, we probably do, you know, it's, it's kind of in the DNA, but I need to to establish what it is um, so that we can focus on that. Any simple steps that any SME could take to foster a better workplace culture? Uh, yeah, I think that um, uh, to involve people, you know, get the discussions going, have the conversations about how you work as, as a team, you know, whether you're all together or, or separately, and take a very sort of empowering approach rather than trying to command, say, this will be your culture because it, it won't work. Um, you've advised a lot of businesses in this field. Can you share any experiences where SMEs really got the workplace environment right? Yeah, well, uh, amongst the, the many things that I do, uh, I also serve for the past, well, 10 years or so as a judge for a Top Employers Award that's uh, run by workingmums.co.uk. And one of the categories there is for SMEs. And uh, so that's particularly thinking about flexible and uh, working, what they do there. Um, and there's a huge amount of, of talent out there amongst people who have taken a career break and, um, and then getting back into the workforce. And I think for smaller businesses, that can come as a bit of a surprise. So some of the ones that do well in, in these awards are those who are th who have got a growing workforce, and it's usually somewhere getting around, you know, fifteen to twenty people. When you have to start thinking a bit more formally about some of these things, the things that may go a bit underneath the radar. Oh yeah, she's going to be off because mm -hmm. she's having a baby. Well, how does everyone deal with that? Uh, absolutely. Uh, you also um, uh, write and edit flexibility.co.uk, uh, an online journal about flexible working. How do you inspire a workplace culture if your team work different hours or perhaps re work remotely all the time? Uh, I think it's important to you know, keep the connections going. With, uh, with technology you know, like uh, Skype for business and, and so on, people can keep in contact through uh, through social media, through through, uh, through the chat involved there. Uh, I know people who keep a basically a video channel open all day and, you know, work in, in different places, or even who put their heads down and work, and then they say, well, we're going to have a cup of coffee now, and that's when they turn on the video to have that social thing. I mean, one of the things that I always say is that uh, the separation between home and work is relatively recent historical, uh, historically, and although you may worry about being disconnected from colleagues, this is a big chance to reconnect with your family <laughs> and your neighbours and things like this, uh, the community. Bringing the conversation to a close now, and I'd like to really just sum up for our, um, our listeners the key takeaways. So what do you, what would you like people sitting at home who haven't really ever thought about their workplace culture or, um, you know, sort of how their work, physical, physicality of their workspace um, affects them and their employees? What would you like them to take away from this conversation? Well, the thing that I would emphasise as a takeaway is not to plan your company's growth on past assumptions about having so much property or cramming the place with desks, uh, but thinking of uh, uh, having a flexible approach, being open to all the different ways in which people can work for you. John? My key takeaway is that people should think about the way their teams work and design workplace solutions in that way. Tim? My key takeaway is to find the tools on the internet that work for you. So I think as an SME, there are you know, lots and lots of different tools available. And it doesn't have to be the ones we've mentioned today, like WhatsApp or Slack or anything like that. It can be any of those things. So just find the things that work for you that make collaboration more efficient. 
Wonderful. Uh, thank you so much to all three of you. Uh, technology has transformed the way we work and now it's making our workplaces better too, whether that's an office, a shop floor or on the sofa at home. With the right infrastructure in place, it can be quicker and easier to get more done. You might even find yourself working fewer hours, which will add another well-being boost to you and your team's state of mind. Thanks to the great company we've had in the studio today, to John Milliken, Tim Williams and Andy Lake and thanks to you for listening if you enjoyed this episode give us a shout out on Twitter tag us in on at BT Business and let us know what you found most useful that's it from me Kate Russell in good company for more insights help and advice on staying productive in business head to bt.com forward slash stay productive and don't forget to check out our other podcasts in this series of in good company goodbye